and welcome to the Grapeseed Official Podcast. We're back with another This and That episode. Welcome, Miklos. Oh boy, This and That. I'm excited. Yeah, so today's topic is comprehensible input. And we've talked about this a little bit off and on through other This and That episodes and then kind of mentioned it on the portal and other places. But this is going to be your one-stop shop for really getting into what comprehensible input is and why you should care about it. So let's start with Mikolos. Can you tell us a definition of comprehensible input? Uh, yeah, comprehensible input is uh, is input that is comprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's uh, take another step there. As a grapeseed teacher, uh, what you say the language that you speak, which is English, the things that you that you are conveying with words and of course with gestures and everything to your students, um, if it is understandable by your students, if they look at you and go, oh yeah, I, I get what that guy's saying, um, then then that is, for our, for our purposes, comprehensible input. Um, anything else, like the things like your, your teacher speak, like if, you know, when your, your students are around and uh, you're talking to another teacher in English, and about adult things, about teacher things and stuff that kids can't understand. That is not, that's the opposite of comprehensible input. That's like, that's like adult talk. That's, uh, that's basically just noise to your students. Mm. Uh, they might be able to hear a word here and there. Like you say, hey, um, if you're talking to a teacher, if I'm talking to you and it's like, hey, yeah, uh, so tomorrow I'm going to go to this lecture and it's about uh, comprehensible input. And uh, yeah, and I'll come back, I'll teach my grapeseed classes. And then all of that, if your kids are standing around, they might just understand the word grapeseed. Uh, but everything else is just noise. And uh, in order for your words to be uh, effective for your students, um, you need to sp basically speak in terms of comprehensible input. And this is the, it is the crucial ingredient for acquiring language. That's the part that's the most important to remember that uh, acquiring language means that you need comprehensible input because one of the differences between learning a language and acquiring it is that when you acquire language, you acquire it by understanding, by comprehending. So you need that comprehensible input. You learn by like memorizing and looking at grammar and like structures and stuff like that. Um, you you might not necessarily understand everything, uh, even while you're learning the grammar for something. Uh, we see that all the time with uh, with adult learners, but um, uh, with people who are acquiring language, like like your grade C students, and they they need to understand uh, what's happening. They they understand, and that's what helps them to begin speaking in english not the other way around so um so yeah again i mean going back to the to the to the sort of humorous beginning comprehensible input is just yeah is, is input that is understandable by your students yes as opposed to random input so another way you can think about this is what percentage of the things you're saying to your students is understandable to them so you you had mentioned adult talk or talking in teacher speak or using vocabulary or language your students don't know yet as much as possible as a grapeseed teacher the things you're saying to your students you want that that percentage to be about as close to 100% as possible of what you're saying to your students being comprehensible to them as opposed to random words. Because I think all of us have experienced this if we're hearing another language that we don't know, our brains start to tune it out after a while. So if your students are in your classroom and you're, let's say you're at 50%, 50% of the things you're saying to your students are comprehensible to them, but the other 50% are just random words they have no idea, 
they're going to start tuning out and not listening as much. And you're, the words you're saying as a teacher, even the comprehensible ones will have less impact because your students' brains are kind of switching off partway through the lesson. Yeah, and that leads to classroom management issues. And a lot of times uh, kids, yeah, like and adults too. Like if, if I'm in a meeting somewhere and it's not, it's in a language I don't understand. Um, sometimes it's my my native language. And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I tune out, uh, I start looking at my, uh, my phone or something like that. And uh, the child version of that is, you know, uh, you know, touching your friend, <laughs> like mis misbehavior. So um, when you're, and, but that's why the, the grapeseed uh, curriculum is designed that the way that it is, uh, because in, it's designed around comprehensible input. That's why the, those, the, those first lessons that you do, those, those, those first 30 lessons, especially of unit one, um, it's, uh, it's super simple. Like I, um, and, and, it, and this might be a little bit extreme, but I think like if, it, like if a Martian came from space into a grapeseed classroom to, for a you know, unit one, lesson one class, they should be able to understand and follow along what you're doing. Because you don't, the, the kids in your class, it's their first day of English class. We're, we're going to assume that on unit one, lesson one, the first day, it's your, it's the first day of English for all your kids. And on that day, what are you doing? Oh, uh, stand up, sit down. Like you're, what you're saying it while you do it. So there's no way, um, even though that, even though your kids can't speak English yet, uh, and they won't be able to for for a bit. The they can follow along and understand because you're showing them, you're saying and doing at the same time. And when you're reading stories, you're pointing to to oh, this is my father, this is my mother. And even though kids are, they're going to be working it out for a while. It's not it's not noise. It's not. It, they're just like, oh, okay, I think I kind of get what this, what, the, what this, what this person's saying, and um, and this, this, this kind of, you know, daily input. That's that's how we acquire language. And I, I always use this example of um, because I'm half Hungarian, and Hungarian is a is an incredibly difficult language. But imagine you go somewhere. For me, it's Hungary, and uh, so you're in Budapest, and you you get plopped down. You know, you're you're you're, you're beamed there, and uh, all of a sudden you're in Budapest, and you're like. And I'm assuming safely that the, all the listeners to this podcast don't speak Hungarian. If there is somebody, please, um, you know, mail into a mail carrier at uh, grapesy.com. But um, <laughs> <laughs> do so in Hungarian, please. And um, but imagine you're you're plopped down in the middle of Budapest, and uh, and nobody speaks your home language, and uh, everyone's just speaking in Hungarian. Of course, people use that term like, "Oh, I was in a place and I picked up the language," and you can do that, but it's gonna be it's gonna be slow going because people are gonna be like. Uh, you're going to walk around Budapest and people are going to just be, you know, jabbering at you in Hungarian and it's going to have no context and it's all going to be random. And uh, if you do it daily, if you go to like the convenience store every day and someone says like, oh, here's your change, like every day, you'll start to make the connection because of the repetition and the context. And you go, oh, and then over time, you might even be able to repeat that back to them. Oh, he's, this is my change. This is what he's saying to me, this, this clerk at the, at the convenience store. Um, but imagine that, okay, so then you get your random input and that's going to take you forever, maybe, and maybe never to, to acquire that language, except for those little instances of, oh, here's your change. Oh, uh, good morning. Uh, good evening. I, I remember being in Indonesia years ago and every morning I would walk down the street. I don't speak, I don't speak Indonesian, but uh, um, they'd be like, oh, salam up huggy. And I was like, oh, after a few days, I started saying good morning to everybody. And they were so happy. Um, but imagine for a second, if you get to Budapest and everyone there, everyone's been paid $20 to speak to you in comprehensible input. And so they all know <laughs> you. They're like, imagine that, like the entire city of Budapest is just like, okay, there's this guy. And he doesn't speak Hungarian. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk to him in a special kind of way. 
So every day we're just going to go, uh, we're going to start with like, oh, good morning. And we're just going to like, we're going to repeat the same phrases uh, very, un- and we're going to gesture while we do it. It's going to be a really weird world, right? Like if everyone just walked up to you and just be like, oh, good morning. I am Miklos and this is my friend, Adam. And, and they were doing it in Hungarian and you're like, and they're gesturing and showing you what they mean. And every day you had this, you know, these experiences and uh, you would start to pick up the language really, really quickly um, because it's understandable. And you would start to repeat it, but you would start to actually think in it and, and then start to speak it yourself because, because of the environment and because you, want, because you understand, because it's comprehensible input. Um, but that's what a grade C class is. It's that weird world where everyone got paid 20 bucks to speak to you in comprehensible input, except it's in a loving atmosphere of your grapeseed classroom, the grapeseed world, and uh, it's it's just a compre- it's it's a it's an environment of English uh, input that kids can easily understand for the so that they can acquire it easily. And what other elements are in there besides that comprehensible input? There's a controlled vocabulary, right? There's repetition, yes. things that we find in a grapeseed classroom all the time that are just inherently baked into the curriculum to help your students be as successful as possible. But I want to circle back here to one thing that you're talking about at your level. So you had mentioned Unit 1, you had mentioned going to Hungary for the first time and, and learning from zero, but let's say you're a month later. If those same people in Hungary are telling you, are only saying good morning, and this is my friend, his name is Adam, over and over again, at a certain <laughs> point, you're going to be like, okay, I got it. This is this is no longer, it's comprehensible, but I'm not really learning anymore because I already have that. I need I need the next stage. Yeah. So I and think I have this, is, this is where we can layer in, sorry, I'll, I'll let you go in a sec here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think this is this is where we can layer in one of the the big concepts of language acquisition, which is this input hypothesis, this idea of I plus one. So can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah. Oh, and when I said I have other thoughts, I meant like if everybody every day was like, Yes, I am my name is Miklos and this is my friend Adam and good morning. Like, like that's great. But then, like, as the person who's a, who's a, who's supposedly acquiring Hungarian in that atmosphere, like, you have other things you want to get to besides just, and that's why in your classroom, like, every day, if you just drill your students with, "What's your name? What did you, you know, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, you know, do you like red? Like, do you? I mean, th- those are good questions. But just, you know, a couple of times, because kids are just like, why does he keep asking me every day? Doesn't he know what my name is? Uh, you need to uh, move on. So that's where this uh, this idea of the uh, a lot of listeners may uh, may have read about this 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 uh, I plus one concept of it's it's where the the I is your is your input, and then the plus one is the next increment of new language that is within the acquirers within the learner's capacity to understand and, and to acquire. It's got to still be understandable, but that that plus one is new language. But it's it's not too hard to understand. It just it takes a little effort to go. Oh, okay. You know what? That's a new concept to me. But I think I get it because of the context and because of the language I have already acquired up to now. Like a really great example of that, which is um, like in unit one of Grapeseed, you've got uh, stand up and sit down. You know, clap your hands. And then in in, uh, in unit two, uh, you've got uh, you know, stand up and you know, and uh, look around. And all the language in unit two is exactly the same. It has all the exact same words as stand up in unit one, except for like um, there's um, stomp, I think is the new word there, but there's a vocab card for that. But when kids hear it, they're just like, 
okay, the order is a little different. There's a couple of new concepts in there. Like, I mean, all the words are the same, basically, but the, 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 the notions are maybe are slightly altered, but the kids can understand it. And the reason is because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of an, an easy plus one. It's like, wait, this is new language. It's a new concept, but I understand it. It's, it's within my capacity as a four-year-old child to understand this and thus acquire it. Uh, but if it was just like, stand up and um, write some literature documents and, you know, like uh, that would be impossible for students, you know, to, to, to understand. And thus it, it would not be an I plus one situation and it would not be able to be acquired. Um, and that's why, and whenever we talk about the, the grape seed being a spiral curriculum, um, that's to me, that's what that spiral is. It's, it's, it's this slowly growing, it's, it's, um, it's, it's plus one, plus one, plus one, I plus one, plus one, plus one, ever growing and spiraling. It's little, little by little, you're introducing new concepts that are within your students ability to understand with a little bit of effort that's the ideal and, and when, i like i like where you're going let me jump in here before we start spiraling out of control real quick uh, <laughs> so i want to i want to circle back to this i plus one again and really focus on that plus one so what you're saying miklos is that if we're going back to our our hungarian example from before if you're a yeah. month in and people are using the same language over and over again then they're constantly giving you I. They're not giving you that plus one. You're not learning anything new. You're just getting the same of what you've had before. At the same time, they're not going from I to I plus seven, where they're now talking about writing literature in your stand up and look around example, right? So that plus yeah. one, it's it's slightly above the level that you're at without going too crazy and without being too easy. Now, as you are just getting into there, Grapeseed Design is already built with this in mind. The lesson plans have continued growth over time. Each unit builds on the previous unit. So you're constantly getting I plus one baked into the curriculum. Now, one thing that's really important to note here is that this is a is in the general sense, this is true, that everything in Grapeseed is I plus one every day for your students. However, we as teachers know that our students, sometimes you have a really exceptional class and sometimes you have a class that takes a little bit longer to get things. So this calibration, this one size fits all doesn't always work for the I plus one concept. So this is where the teacher needs to come in and really have a good idea of where their class is at level wise so they can think about, okay, if you have to ask a certain question from the lesson plan, for example, and you know, okay, my class is still struggling with this concept a little bit. What can you do to help supplement them? Because that question itself might be I plus two in that moment, but what supplemental information or what supplemental context can you add after asking it that brings it to an I plus one? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's, um, oh, goodness. Um, there's a couple of, yeah. Well, you know when you're talking to somebody, let's say in English, and you and you know that English isn't their first language, and uh, and you can kind of within within a couple of minutes of your conversation, you kind of already have an idea in your mind of what the, the kinds of things you can talk about with this person and the kinds of words that you should use, and uh, I, people do that with me all the time in Japanese here in Japan because uh, they're like, yeah, this guy he's not a Japanese guy clearly, and, exactly. Uh, um, 
and they're just like, buddy, he speaks Japanese, but there's, but, but like, um, he's not perfect at it. Yeah. Assessing your uh, level. I get that all the time too. Like my mother-in-law who's Japanese, she'll, she'll do this to me all the time. She's like, she kind of, I can tell she's, she'll, she'll speak to a Japanese person, but then she'll speak to me in a slightly different way because she kind of just in, intuitively knows what it is that, wh- where I'm at. However, She's really good at giving me some I plus one though, because uh, she'll speak to me in a in a way. I don't know if she's doing it. She's not doing it on purpose. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, where she'll kind of speak to me in a way that's kind of like I my my boss does this to me too, like because uh, you know he's a Japanese guy and um, uh, my coworkers and um, they speak to me in a way that that I I sometimes I have to struggle a little bit to understand and and put the context together and go oh that's what they're talking about and it's it's the ideal form of, of input and it helps you grow because like um. Uh, but then also, I'm lucky because I'm here in Japan and, and for acquiring Japanese, I'm in an environment where I have constant, comprehensible input every day. And in, and in your grapeseed class, um, if it's implemented uh, with a high degree of fidelity, you're uh, between lesson time and the, the kids and their, uh, their, their, their grapeseed uh, app time at home, um, if they're getting enough comprehensible input every day, then that I plus one will always be accounted for, especially with something as well-constructed as grapeseed because, because it's designed that way. Like if you're in that random environment, um, you'll, you'll get a certain amount of it because if you're in the environment every day, but in an ideal situation, in, a, in, a, in an environment like a grapeseed lesson in, in your grapeseed English environment, whether it's in lesson time or in your REP at home, um, it's been engineered to have this uh, ideal form of comprehensible input. And so... Um, the students that are in your class are, as long as they're they're getting that exposure to grapeseed English every day, uh, they're in good hands. Um, and then as a teacher, being aware of how you're speaking to your students, of course, during lesson time, uh, especially, but anytime you're speaking with your students, being aware of the words that you're using and knowing, okay, like these kids... Um, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're little, they maybe they're four years old and they're on unit, you know, one or two or something like that. So you need to speak in a certain way. That's, uh, you know, not, not, don't, don't baby talk. Don't like, don't go, Oh, good morning boys. And that, that's not necessary. Cause then they'll start talking like that. And then that'll be weird. Um, just speak normally, but no, understanding that, that they are new learners, um, as opposed to like some, maybe, maybe you got like a, um, a third grader who's like on unit 25 or something. And, uh, you can speak to them in a different way because, uh, and you'll know it right away when you start talking to them um, because they'll, 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 they'll talk back to you and uh, they'll, they'll say things and like, Oh, this, this student is a, like, they can understand these kinds of concepts. And, um, uh, but something that should be noted though, is that, um, and this is, I mean, this is something in a, a grapeseed class, like we, we, we talked about this before. Uh, and I know you talk about it all the time, which is um, that balance of, we don't, we, 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 we don't drill students. We don't force, we don't force output in grapeseed. And um, because it goes back to this kind of input hypothesis um, that, and, and what part of that is that speaking the language is not what results in acquiring it. Um, you know, when you say repeat after me, you know, that, that is not an, a language acquisition activity. Um, that's practice. Um, but what is the, the key ingredient of acquiring language is understanding what is being said. So speaking it can indirectly assist and help you with, through practice, but the ability to speak is not how we acquire language. But comprehensible uh, input is understanding the messages is what leads to speaking, and so uh, and it fits perfectly with with grapeseed. However, with grapeseed, we like I've said before, we proactively encourage kids to speak, but we never force them, and because understanding 
is more important than those like verbal drills in, in the long run. And if you're following grapeseed design and you're adopting it yourself in the language that you speak, like you're talking about before, where if you're, for example, unit one, you're going to use a certain set of language. But if you're in unit five, you're going to be using unit five, four, three, two, one, all of that vocabulary as well. Then your students are always going to be on the cutting edge of that comprehensible input. They're always going to be at I plus one. If you're following grapeseed design and you yourself are becoming grapeseed design in the words that you're using. Yeah. Right. Like it's um, a, a lot of teachers out there that are listening right now. You've probably used this phrase before. Um, like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I started to speak grapeseed. And it, uh, it, it's kind of funny because you're like, oh, yeah, when you teach grapeseed so much uh, and, and, as you, and when you do, you, you, it's a lot of repetition. You're, free, you know, you're reading, you know, the, the stories and singing the songs over and many, many times a day, especially if you're teaching multiple lessons uh, a day. And uh, you just start to kind of speak in a certain kind of way, like uh, you use that, though, now, not not to make yourself crazy, like you're speaking grapeseed, but like um, where you use it because you know that your students understand what you're saying. Uh, um, a better example, I think, is um, it comes up a lot where uh, when teachers are first introduced through the, like the, the grapeseed training and stuff, and they'll, they'll see uh, examples of classes and you'll notice the teacher saying, hey, boys and girls, come with me or boys and girls, sit down. Um, and sometimes people will say, why do you say it like that? Why did you just say everybody? And the reason is because the kids may will probably not understand the word everybody yet. Uh, especially at the, at the beginning of their grapes experience, but what they do understand is boys and girls, uh, because those are those are uh, the vocab and concepts that are that are um, addressed in context through the songs and stories uh, early on. And so, if you say, "Hey, boys and girls, come with me," and it's a it's a great thing to say, because yeah, because you have boys and girls in your classroom. Um, but if you say, "Hey, everybody, come with me," they're going to go, "Everybody." Who's he talking about? <laughs> because like, because uh, they, they, they probably and likely and they're, they're not responsible for that language yet in, in their gravesy journey. Mm. Um, taking that kind of care about the way that you speak to your students. And of course, they will let you know uh, when you need to self-correct how you talk to them because they won't because they'll just give you a blank stare. Like you say, hey, boys and girls, um, let's talk about uh, like if you're like, if you're on like unit five um, or maybe um, you're, you're talking about uh, you know fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. Hey, boys and girls, um, you know, come over here and let's look at a picture of a barn. And they'll be like, "Yay, I love that!" Because they know what that is and they, they understand what you're saying. But if you said, "Hey, boys and girls, um, you know, uh, come over here and help me repair the coffee machine," <laughs> they'll just be like, <laughs> just "Look at you, like, huh?" And you're like, then you, of course, as a teacher, you just go, "Oh, yes, okay, self-correct. Let's let, let's get back to something that that they understand." And also that is that is of course relevant to their to their life experience, um, and and again that's where uh, like people will say sometimes too like oh so like but if you only speak in, in like in the language of the curriculum like aren't you like kind of um, holding your students back and of course of course not because we're not only speaking in the language of the during our lesson time we are because we're using the teaching components to to deliver very a very pure form of comprehensible input because everything is is um is is again like uh, I used the word earlier engineered in a way so that kids can um can easily understand but when you're talking with kids like you know uh, when you're playing with them and talking with them out, you know outside of lesson time or in between stuff in your classroom um you're naturally and if you speak naturally but also knowing that you're speaking with your kids and, and, and being careful to take care of what you, how, how you speak to them, you will invariably 
be be adding to that and and uh, and and uh, providing them other other of course other language that's not in the curriculum, but that they can understand and pick up. Like uh, I have a a lot of um, things that I say that are just like 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 the word dude. Like uh, a lot of people from parts of North America say dude, right? Um, my friend from Texas, he'll, he would say, hey, hey, Haas, how you doing? But uh, I say dude uh, uh, sometimes. And so for that reason, my uh, my son has kind of picked it up to a certain extent. Um, he says it sometimes and he'll say, uh, uh, hey, dude, uh, to somebody we see in the park. And uh, I'm just, I didn't teach that to him, but it's just like, um, he understands it because I use it in context all the time. I'll just say, Hey, what's up, dude? Or like, <laughs> stuff like that. And so like, um, it's not part of any curriculum thing. It's not part of anything that you would ever teach anybody. It's just something that uh, a learner of a language notices and starts to use naturally because they've observed it in context so many times. And, um, so you'll do that with your great in your grapesy class and with your grapesy students, of course, as well, because you're a human being and you have your own way of speaking. That's not necessarily, you know, you, you're not speaking like it's not a script. Even though there's the um, there's memory mode, we want to you know deliver the deliver the components in the curriculum, um, the uh, in a consistent way each time because it it, it needs to be. It needs to be that way so kids can pick it up more easily. But when you're just talking to them naturally, you're going to talk how you talk, and kids will follow you because of their experience with you in your gravesy class. It goes back to that percentage we were talking about earlier, though. And if they have the proper context, then they are able to pick up extra things like your dude example. For a more grapeseed example, we can even look <laughs> into unit one and the red song, for example. So do you like red? And if you're looking in the big book, it only has yes, I do. Now, no, I don't. They're not really responsible for that language yet. But in context of once they understand, do you like red? And they understand, yes, I do. If you introduce no, I don't as the negative response to that, once they once they understand everything around it, they'll be able to pick up that new language and run with it. If, for example, unit one, lesson one, and you're doing the red song and you're trying to teach all this language they don't know yet, and you're also trying to teach on top of that, no, I don't, they're going to have a really hard time with it. Oh, yeah. It like, goes, so that, that percentage that we were talking about in the beginning of what percentage of the words you're using are comprehensible by your students? Now, if you're adding in dude or no, I don't, that, of course, drops that percentage. But if it's still a really high percentage, you're going to be fine. If you're using so many extra words like dude during your, your class that your students, you're getting down to like 50% or only 25% of the words you're using are comprehensible, that's obviously a problem, right? Yeah. And also, yeah, uh, so that we can reduce the amount of people in the world who say dude too much like me, uh, try not to try not to do that. Like, use words like uh, awesome and good. Uh, even though even even the, the phrase good job in unit one, it's not necessarily something that's uh, introduced in the curriculum uh, components, but you're going to use it all the time to praise your students and they're going to pick up what that means really fast because you're going to pat them on the shoulder uh, or, or I mean, these days, if we're in a pandemic, we give them an air high five or something and just go good job with a smile. If you're smiling and nodding and giving like uh, giving kudos to your kids and saying, hey, good job, good job, boys and girls, they're going to understand that really quickly. And they don't need necessarily curriculum components for that, even though good and bad, we can introduce in a later unit um, with, and add context to it. But uh, I love that, um, that uh, you're talking about context because grapeseed class for, for all of us who, you know, who, who teach it, um, it's not 
simply a language environment. It's not simply an English language, you know, class environment. It's a, it's an environment of context. And because what we're giving kids, we're, we're giving them the gift of, of English, you know, of English skills, um, language skills, but, um, uh, but we're we're at, but what we're really doing though, like part of that is providing context for them to be able to speak it. Because, um, like in any language, in Japanese and Russian and, and you know Swahili, I'm sure too. Like, uh, if there's, if there's no context, then you don't have a reason to even say anything. Like, um, that's why when you come into a grapeseed class, sometimes for me too, when I first started teaching, I was a little confused. I was like, wait a second. But aren't I'm where's the where's the vocab drill? Uh, where's the um, you know where's the uh, where's all the memorized phrases? Like I that's that I don't know what, what what am I doing? I'm just reading these stories and singing songs to kids every day. Like what is this? And what what we're delivering to kids is is this this context for for speaking because the you know, without without a reason to say something, why would you even say something like um especially for kids when I mean, kids have lots of reason to speak because they just have so many things on their mind, lots of thoughts to get out. But that's why like in the, in the beginning of, of grapeseed, all the, all the topics are like, you know, family and friends and, and going to the zoo and, you know, putting on your clothes and, and, you know, uh, snack time, snack time's a big, that's a, that's a very, very big topic in my house uh, with my boys. And um, th- these are, these are contexts for speaking. Um, Cause if we just like to, Put random things and just say, oh, you know, repeat after me, like you know, uh, I, I'd like one uh, over easy egg, please, and just memorize that phrase out of context. Like maybe one day you might be able to use it if you're at a, you know, if you're at a cafe and you're like, you're like, oh, oh, oh I get to use my phrase about ordering an over easy egg. But like that, that's not really a very uh, useful way of learning language, just memorizing phrases. It's like we're creating context for kids to be able to express their own thoughts. So uh, if we, when we talk about family and friends and family going to the zoo and then, um, you know, Tanya has her 10 things like uh, these are all things that are relevant uh, to, to kids and provide a context for them to go, Oh, you know what? I have a thought about that too. I think I'm going to say something. Uh, and, uh, and something else that reminded me of this too, because in the beginning um, kids don't, they don't, they don't have any English skills. Once you, um, once you start your grapeseed class, the, the kid's home language is never needed, except in emergencies, of course. Like, oh, my stomach hurts. Like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, no, uh, my chair's on fire, stuff, stuff like that. Like, uh, you, <laughs> you know, uh, or something like you need to, you know, things like that. But um, because of the design, because of this idea of the, the comprehensible input, the I plus one, you will, you never need to resort to using the home language to explain anything in grapeseed because it's all easy to understand and because it's, because um, uh, it's just, just made that way. Yes, with but, the with the comprehensible input, we don't need home language, and we also don't need those memorized robotic phrases like you're talking about. Students will naturally acquire the language that they're learning in the class through the exposure to those songs and stories in proper context of talking by their teacher if it's done effectively. You know, in order in order for that for that input and, and all the all the good things about grapes to get in, just make sure that your kids know that, and especially in the beginning, all they really need to do is listen and follow along, and uh, and they'll be fine. Let's land the plane here. So oh. so take home message. If you've been listening oh. to this podcast so far, we're thirty plus minutes in. I I don't I don't have that the timer going or anything, but we, oh, you've yeah. heard us talk about. Hungary and dude and things like that. What what are the take home messages for what you can apply to your own classrooms today? And to me, those are two big concepts that we talked about. One of them is keeping that 
percentage in your mind of, okay, about what percentage of what I'm saying is comprehensible by my students? Is it close to 100%, which is what we really want to get to, or is it down 50, 25, 10%, which is not where we want to be? And the second concept here is that I plus one of knowing where your students are at and always teaching to a level that's slightly higher than where they're at. Not too high, but not too easy at the same time. Now, we mentioned before that you can trust in the Grapeseed program to have a general template for that I plus one all the way through the units where you might have to supplement with additional support or a slightly more challenging question here and there to customize it to your own particular classroom. But in general, Grapeseed Design will help you there. Now, combining these two together, if you're teaching new concepts, if you're trying to go I plus one or even I plus two occasionally, then that percentage is going to dip, right? Because your students are learning something new, they don't quite have it yet. But with Grapeseed, we're also providing the context for your students to be successful. So if you're keeping that percentage high, as long as it's closer to that 100% as opposed to the 50 or 25%, you'll be set up for success. Yeah, and sometimes like your students, um, even if they don't understand exactly what you're saying, uh, if they trust you throughout the experience of being with you every day and singing and having fun, um, uh, they should, um, they'll go with you because they want to know what they, they, they'll ask you for more information. Uh, you know, be like, well, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, we do this in our, in our native language, you know, it's like when you hear a new, a new concept, you're just like, tell me more. I, I want to understand more about that. And, but, and especially this as, as a take home message, as the teacher, as a, as a teacher who's using grapeseed in your classroom, you are aware that you're orchestrating an experience for your children, for your students. That is, that is just full of joyful English input based on a calculated stream of notions. Um, your kids, the kids in your class, should ideally only be aware that they're enjoying singing songs with you and reading stories with you every day. Um, the idea that they're in an English class, uh, you know, is um, ideally they, don't, they, they shouldn't even be thinking about that. The only thing that they should be thinking about is that they are they are enjoying understanding what you're talking about when you're reading a story. They're like, oh yeah, I like this story. Um, not because it's an English story. It's just like, oh, I, I, that, I, that's the, a pure form of comprehensible input is just like, oh, I don't, I'm not thinking about the fact that this is in a different language. I'm only thinking about what this means. Yeah, and, that means their affective filters are low, that yeah. they're in a comprehensible input environment. So they're acquiring the language. So they end up feeling that way. They're basically completely harmonious, just in sync with what Grapeseed is trying to do at that point. Yeah, and you know, uh, not 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 to be cheesy. Um, although here we go, um, your kids are, and this is this is what I love about Grapeseed because like your kids are like um, that their their ability to communicate, but of course both in their home language, but but in our case in English. They're like 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 seeds that you put in that you put in the ground. But when you put a seed in the ground, and when you when it has the soil there that's uh, that's that's rich in nutrients, and you have the the water, whether it's from the rain or for whether you get the garden hose out and you spray it every day, uh, and then the sunlight comes in and the warm air, then the it the seeds 
growing is inevitable. And this is exactly like your students. When you, the, the sunlight and the, the, the soil and the water, the nutrients, that's, all, that's your praise. The sunlight is your praise. Um, the, uh, the, the grape seed, the language and the components is the fertile soil. The and water's your kid, the, the repetition that you're giving them day after oh, day. Oh, now lessons. we're on a roll, man. Yes. Um, that's, uh, when, when you provide those things, then your student's ability to acquire language, to acquire English, is inevitable. You, it, it can't not happen if you provide those things. So for that reason, be aware that when you speak to your students, when you speak not only to your students, but around your students, um, because there's that, there's that indirect input too that kids get when they just listen, they listen to adults talking. They um, be aware of that, that, that it's that comprehensible input that you're spraying out like a, you know, like the, like the aforementioned garden hose. And, um, that will provide the necessary I plus one when there is plenty of meaningful daily exposure for your students. And uh, for that reason, just, um, and so when you use that phrase, oh yeah, I'm speaking grapeseed again, that's a good thing. Definitely. The best farmers control their environment as much as possible to encourage the inevitable growth of the seeds that they're planting into the ground, right? In the same way, we want to do this with our classroom. We want to have mindful teachers who are implementing grapeseed in the most effective way possible, tailoring their own language and communication skills with their kids to foster that inevitable growth that, that kids will have learning a language. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast. So thanks again for joining the podcast, Miklos. This is a good talk about comprehensible input. Yeah, I'm tired now, man. Thank you for that. <laughs> you got to go recharge so you can have more I plus one in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go talk about some affective filter now. Okay. If you have any other related stories or ideas about comprehensible input, please send them into mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. And as always, Miklos, good luck in the classroom. <laughs> thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Dun, 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 dun. Goodbye, my friends, goodbye. I'm sad to say goodbye. It was a good day, but now I will say goodbye, my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.